Monday. It's Monday. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween to everyone who's out there dressed up, celebrating all the things. Happy Halloween. Um, hey, fam. Stephanie, Crystal, C. Cruz, Carol, Jennifer, Better Days, Joslo, Ray Della. Happy Halloween. Um, you guys. I love the intro so much too, Melody. I love the intro so much too. Rebecca girl, hey girl, hey. Um, as some of you know, I took the week off um, after last week's show um, and I'll explain to my Patreon subscribers all about it um, on Saturday. But in the meantime, hey Connie, in the meantime, let's jump into season seven, episode 10. Just give me a reason. Give me a reason to pop off. Give me a reason to think that Jenny is a little extra needy. Give me a reason that I think that Ed and Liz are in a toxic relationship. Give me a reason why all of a sudden Yara is, is moving to Prague without talking to her husband about it. Give me a reason why Kimberly can't be the second wife. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on. Is Amanda in the house? Happy birthday to Amanda in case she watches the replay later. Yes. <clears throat> Hi, B. Getch. So listen, let's start off with Jenny and Submit. So here's what I want you guys to think about as I do my little summary and give my opinion. My question to you guys is, do you think Jenny all of a sudden is extra needy or is it just me? Because I feel like she's all of a sudden gotten extra needy. This woman has lived in India for like four years and she's now just wandering to the market by herself. Hey, Vanessa girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Hey, CV. So... <clears throat> The scene opens up with Submit using like a, a hair roller brush. And I was like, oh, not only does he have a hair roller brush out, he's got he's got the dryer going. He's like flipping his hair. He's getting ready to go back to work after two years, y'all. By the way, I think it was way longer than that. So I didn't know. I think it might have even been Stevie that told me that he was a a working chef. I was like, I have never heard that before. I've never seen him go to a job ever since the call center. That was the last time I knew that he had a job. Now, all of a sudden he's a chef. Okay. I'll take it. I guess so. So <clears throat> Joslo said, yes, needy, lazy, and uninteresting. Woo. Those are some fighting words right there. So Submit's off to work and he's like, you know, I don't want to live the retired life. And, you know, you might've thought about that like two, three years ago, cause you've been living the retired life. You haven't been working. You've been chilling with your wife who's retired. And so he wants to go back to work. And apparently he's a partner in this cooking kitchen delivery to go situation. Um, and I had a lot of questions, you guys. And, you know, I always have a lot of questions. I just had a lot of questions. Like, I don't know if it's because, like, we're in the West and there's so many rules and regulations when it comes to being around food and food prep. But, like, for him to just be, like, doing his hair up, I'm like, well, wouldn't you have to put a hairnet on because you're, like, prepping food for people? Like, I, I don't know what the rules are there, but I'm just saying, I, I thought it was weird that he was getting all decked out to be like sweating and, and, you know, if anyone has ever worked in, in hospitality and restaurant industry, it's hot in the kitchen. It's hot in the kitchen. So I'm just like, I don't get what's happening here. And then Jenny's having a big issue with him working. Right. So I'm like, why would Jenny not want him to work? Right. She, I don't understand. Like she's acting like her life is over and it's not like she can learn so many things. And for her to have been living in India for as long as she has, hasn't immersed herself in the culture, doesn't know the language, doesn't cook the food, doesn't want to do anything. Sly cat's in the house. Hello. Um, 
I don't understand. Like, you can always better yourself. And I don't understand why she doesn't want to better herself. She just wants it to be her and submit, doing nothing all day. And submit's like 30, what, two? 33? He's got his whole life ahead of him. I don't understand why she's thinking like, oh, we should just kick back and he shouldn't go to work. And I don't want him to work. I don't understand it. Why would she not want him to work? Um, and then my other question was, is she scared to be alone? Because, I, I, I mean, I guess we all have different personalities and some of us are not adventurous. But if she picked up her life and moved to India, you would think that she has a little bit of adventure in her because that's not an easy thing to do, right? To pick up your life and move to another country. However, when she said that, she was going to the market for the first time by herself and literally said that she's intimidated being a white woman roaming the streets to the market. I was like, oh, no, she didn't. I, I know you didn't just say that. You're intimidated by what? You've been there long enough. You should be, you should speak the language and you should already be immersed in the culture and you should be able to walk down to the market and buy some fresh fruits and vegetables on your own. Right. That part with the camera crew, that part, Jennifer, that part. I just don't get it. I don't get it. You can't go to the, to the market, the farmer's market, whatever you want to call it and buy fruits and vegetables by yourself, but you're intimidated and let me not go off because I've had a day. Um, but I would want to go off because why are you acting this way? Why are you acting like you're such a, like the, I don't want to say it, but I know you know what I'm trying to say. I don't want to say it, but I want to say it. I, I just don't get it. You're, you're not some precious endangered species, Jenny. You're a human being like just everyone else there in India. So I'm trying to figure out what you mean by you're saying that you're intimidated to go to the market, Right. So she's buying all these fruits and vegetables. Some woman is popping off on her, which I thought was hilarious. And it was like 1,200 rupees, which was just $5 for all the fruits and vegetables she was getting. That's pretty, it's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. I, like you guys will always hear me say, can't understand this whole inflation thing that's going on. I like strawberries, but $8 for a container of strawberries, like that just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Um, right. That part. I'm wondering if Jenny knew the money exchange in market. She didn't seem to know that $15 was the price, not thousands. Yeah. Yeah. It was 15. I, I, I meant to say 15. I can't read my own writing. Um, still a great deal for all those fresh fruits and vegetables. Still a great deal. So Summit shows up at his job. The delivery could, kitchen with his bestie Rohit and he's excited about the independence he's excited about getting back to work and I really think he was saying like after the two plus years of the pandemic he's tired of it just being him and Jenny like he wants to do something he's bored being at the house all the time um and not doing anything not working not feeling productive and he doesn't feel independence and also too think about Think about when you were in the pandemic, if you were with whoever you were with, or if you were um, alone or whatever, it takes its toll, right? A lot of marriages didn't survive the pandemic because you're with each other all day, every day. And he's just trying to say, hey, listen, it'll be okay if, if each of us have a little bit of a break from each other and we have our own lives because, you know, we, we came in as two independent people. We joined our lives together, but we're still independent people. We should still do things that we enjoy as independent people and we can do things together, but we can also do things independent independently. Right. So <clears throat> he's just excited to have some space. He's excited, I think, to be around people his own age. He's excited to renew some of the relationships that he dropped during all of the drama of trying to get married to Jenny. So you're already there, you're married, you're happy, you've had your honeymoon phase, all of that stuff. Now it's time to get back to real life, right? So Rohit says, you know, everything has been about Jenny for the past few years. You know, Jenny wanted to get married. She wanted to come to India. She didn't want to live with your parents. She didn't want you to work. And 
now you're worried that if you work five days a week or seven days a week, getting a business off the ground that she's not going to be able to adjust. And he's like, she's going to be able to adjust. And I was thinking the same thing. Like Jenny has to have her own. Why didn't she have any friends? She should make her own friends out there. She should find her own hobby out there. Just because she's retired, her life doesn't have to end. And it doesn't have to be solely wrapped around submit. Right? I just don't, I just don't get it. <clears throat> I don't get it. I don't get it. And, and I can't believe how needy she was coming across. Like, I was like, can she, it doesn't, it doesn't comp compute in my mind because she's the same person that literally left her life in America and made a life in India, but her life is revolved around only submit. I don't get it. Like she could learn the language. She could, you know, remember she was, she loved the temple that she went to a few seasons ago. She could volunteer there. There's stuff that she could do that. I just don't get after four, three, four years living there that she hasn't done. I just, I don't get it, right? So uh, Rohit says, you know, if you just make some changes, Jenny's going to have to adjust. And I agree with that. And then Summit mentions that Jenny wants to move to America. Now, she wants to move to America or mention moving to America because after 10 years, which I still think is ridiculous, after 10 years, his family hasn't accepted her yet. After 10 years. Like, clearly, she's not going anywhere. So what's the issue here? What's the problem? She's not going anywhere. They're already married. I think it's time to accept it. Um, and he's like, well, I don't want to go to America because he doesn't want to leave his parents. <sighs> okay, Samit, like, we know that you don't want to leave your parents. We know that you want to be close to your parents. We know you want to mend all the issues that you have with your parents. We get it. But you have a new life and your life is with your wife and the two of you should come first, in my opinion. And then you amend whatever you need to amend. If your parents haven't accepted her after 10 years, then like just being close to them is not going to change anything. I, I just don't get it. So then... <clears throat> Not only does he not want to come to America because he doesn't want to leave his parents, he is thinking of the future that he might want to have kids. And he either isn't going to adopt or go through surrogacy. And then said that he's never had this conversation with his wife. Now, you guys, listen, y'all, listen. Listen, y'all. The four things. Tell me, what are the four things that I tell you guys over and over and over again that you have to have that conversation before, before you get in a serious relationship? What are the four things? Religion is one. Sex is the second thing. Third is money. Fourth is children. How do you get married to someone and not have the conversation? How do you marry someone and not have the conversation about those four things? Explain it to me. Explain it to me. So all of a sudden you're throwing in the baby in the mix and Jenny's in her 60s. Have you had that conversation? Does Jenny even want to have a kid? Does she want to, does she have the stamina and want and need to have a child? And you're just going to throw it in there because your parents are like, this is, we, we want a baby. We want a baby. And is even if you adopt or do surrogacy, is that going to be enough for your parents? And who's going to take care of the kid? If you haven't talked to Jenny about it if, and Jenny's your wife. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I don't see that working out very well for y'all. Because Jenny wants you and you alone. 
you and you alone, period. She wants you and you alone. She's not trying to have any more babies. She has her kids. They're grown. Uh, <clears throat> Jenny is not interested in a kid and neither is he. That part. So he comes home. Okay, you guys. And this is the other thing that was driving me crazy. So he comes home after a long day at work. Mind you, I didn't see him do shit. I saw him go to the kitchen, talk to his friend, and maybe off camera afterwards, he did a bunch of cooking and all of that, but we didn't see any of his cooking skills. We actually saw his friend say, hey, listen, don't turn up the burner because it will be too hot. But I digress. He comes home from a long day at work. I'm going to give him that. And Jenny's like, you know, how was your day at work? And he's like, oh, it was fine. You know, we did some deliveries, did some cooking. And he's like, how was your day? And she explains that she went to the market um, by herself. And she's in the kitchen. And y'all, that kitchen has not changed since the last time we saw the, the kitchen. There is shit everywhere. Just everywhere. I thought that they were buying like a credenza or something to put stuff in. But clearly they didn't buy it because... That kitchen has not changed, has not changed. And <laughs> Joslo has not changed, but she's really proud of herself for going to the market by herself and she's peeling this one potato. And <laughs> he's like, what's for dinner? And she's like, oh, I thought I would boil some potatoes and we could have some mashed potatoes for dinner. So just the mashed potatoes? No. No vegetables, no chicken, no, no, just let's have a hunk of mashed potatoes and we're good to go. Then we find out that Jenny has never really been able to cook. Uh, when she was raising her kids, she was like hamburger helper, box pizza, all the frozen foods. Okay. I mean, a lot of people eat that way and that that's fine. But Jenny has all this free time on her hands, right? And she... She's not doing anything. She doesn't want to go to the market. And so she could maybe learn to cook. How about that? And then, hey, Kimberly girl. Hey, girl. Hey, long time no see. And then, you guys, did you peep this? Because I was tripping. She went to the market, you guys, in the morning. Did you all see that? In the daytime. It was daylight. It was daylight. She went to the market. Samit comes home after an alleged long day at work. So then it's evening. And Jenny left all the fruits and vegetables on the counter. So you left all the food from the market just on the counter like that. You didn't refrigerate anything. You didn't put anything in a basket. You just said, hey, I did the grocery shopping. I'm going to leave it in these plastic bags and I'll, I'm good to go. Who does that? Who just leaves their groceries in the kitchen and they're miraculously going to go to where they're supposed to going to go? I don't... Uh, okay. So... <laughs> see? Yes, broccoli still. Plastic. She don't know where it goes. That part. That part. So... They're sitting down, they're having a conversation about their relationship. And I could tell that Samit in a nice way is trying to say, I need some time away from you. Like all day, every day, just you and me is too much. And he thinks it's better for the relationship if they spend some time away from each other. Yeah, because y'all just, it's not possible in any healthy relationship to stay together 24 seven, just the two of you and not have any hobbies, not do anything. Jenny, Jenny has no reason for her house to look the way it does. I'm sorry. She doesn't. She, like, what do you do all day, Jenny? You went to the market and you couldn't even put the food away. So what is it that you're doing for with the rest of your day? I don't get it. <clears throat> I don't get it. Um, and then my note here is he's talking about how, you know, working is going to make him feel better. It's going to give him some independence. And 
Jenny doesn't want him to work. She's like, oh, well, you're going to work seven days a week. What about me? What about me? You're going to go to work and you're going to hang out with your friends and you're probably going to go visit your, your parents. What about me? And I was like, is she smothering him? And not just smothering. I mean by like smothering like the show. Smother and mothering him at the same time. I don't, I don't know. Because why can't he hang out with his friends? He's 33 years old. He's going to want to still have a social life. His orbit can't just be about Jenny for the rest of his life. And so she's freaking out. She's like, you know what? I can't see. I know your friend Rohit and I know that he's going to want you to hang out. And I'm like, um, but is that bad for him to have a few friends? Like, can he not have a few friends as well as have his marriage and balance it all out and go to work? I, I, I just don't see what she thinks is the proper thing to do. So she should just let him stay home because she doesn't want him to work and just follow her around all day. Okay. Now, the one thing that I can't tell is I can't tell if Samit is being selfish or not because he thinks that he's making all these sacrifices and he's making decisions for his life, right? He wants to go back to work and he wants to hang out with his friend. He wants time away from Jenny. Uh, he wants Jenny to learn to cook, all the things. So he's trying to make his life better. And I'm trying to think, is it a little bit just selfish of him to think of only of himself? But then I think of Jenny and I always say, like, you have to have make your own happiness. You have to be happy within yourself and do things for yourself in order for it to be better for the for your partner as well, right? But Jenny wants to just keep him like a prisoner at home and not let him work and not let him have friends. Sounds a lot like Ed um, because she has her own insecurities and her own, like, oh, I can't go down to the market by myself because I'm a white woman in India. Oh, God, stop it. Just stop it. <sighs> Sly cat. Okay. Moving on to Liz and Ed. Honestly, y'all, honestly, these two and their toxic, broken relationship. You know, I knew. I knew that it was not going to be the end of them. Why? Because if it's the end of them, then there's no need to have them on the show. So they're going to force this toxic relationship down our throats, even though we can all see that this is not a match. This is not a match. Ed even says they have a broken relationship. And their last fight from their engagement party was the volcano erupting. And I was like, well, no, that's not the volcano erupting because y'all have broken up eight times before already. This is your pattern. This is what y'all do. Because Ed is insecure and controlling and manipulative and all the things. And Liz has not been in a healthy relationship so she doesn't know what a healthy relationship looks like. So... They've decided not to give up on their, their relationship. She says she loves Ed and he is, quote, worthy, whatever that means. He apologizes to her say, for his insecurities and says he has trust issues. Yeah, that's not all you have. It's not only about just the trust issues. You know, you have trust issues. You have jealousy issues. You have insecurity issues. You have little man syndrome I could go on, but you guys get the point. So he apologizes for all of that stuff. And then he goes into this weird, I almost, it's like a bit homophobic in my opinion, how he doesn't believe that she wants to be with a woman. And again, I said it last show and I'm going to say it this show, even if she did, what does that have to do with you, Ed? Even if she dated a woman in the past, what does that have to do with her current relationship? And then, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Oh, well, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being gay. Like all that that he was doing, the explaining was just like, it, it was weird to me. I was like, I don't know if it's because of his age and he's not, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it just came off really terrible in my opinion. 
So he apologizes for these insecurities and admits that he has jealousy issues. He admits that he still wants to marry Liz, which I just think is bonkers, and that they should work through their issues. So they're sitting with a church background, right? The bells are ringing of the church. He's like, oh, are those wedding bells? And they're talking about their issues and how they're going to work through their issues. And as soon as they work through their issues, then they'll know they'll be ready to get married. And I'm like, well, you guys, this is your pattern. You fight, you say nasty things about each other, and then you get back together. You fight, you say nasty things about each other, and then you get back together. Don't forget, you guys, she started a change.org to get Ed off the show. All the things, like really, really toxic stuff. Really toxic stuff. Sly says, Ed is so insecure that now he thinks a woman will take her from him just as easily as another man would. Facts. Facts, that part. So they're going to work through their issues and go to therapy together, which I think is a great thing. You know, deal with your, your mental health and your issues, all of that stuff. And he says they're trying to rebuild not only their friendship, but their relationship. And then they're going to do all of this under blankies, right? So the therapist brings them blankies, they cover themselves, and they start doing some therapy, right? Ed gives credit to Liz for going to the gym, waking up and going to the gym at 5.15. Now, if that was not some bullshit credit, because remember, he calls her fat. He fat shames her. And then he wants to go to therapy and give her credit for getting up and going to the gym while he sleeps in. Like, I got to tell you, this fool right here has no business talking about anyone's bodies. I just, ugh, I cannot. I cannot with him. I cannot. Uh, Vanessa says they showed the Hillcrest sign in San Diego when they showed their segment that is a thriving LGBTQ plus area like the Castro in San Francisco. It's a fun fact. Um, all right. So they've got their blankies on. They're in therapy. And Ed credits her for going to the gym. She credits him for giving her space. So when he was trying to spin it up and tell her what to do and what not to do. She's like, I'm not in the mood for this right now. I need some space. And he gave it to her. So that's the credit that she gives him. And then when the therapist is like, what does security mean to you? Like, what does it look like? And for her, she doesn't want to have to depend on anyone. So she tells her story how she hit rock bottom. She was living in her car. She had to send her daughter to live with his dad. And uh, she doesn't want to ever be in that position where she doesn't ha- have it for herself, where she has to think about someone else supporting her. She wants to be able to support herself. Totally makes sense. So she wants to go back to work, but it's hard, she says, because Ed and his needs, and Ed doesn't want her to work because Ed feels insecure about her working and staying out late and not going in going home for her 11 o'clock curfew. There's no grown man that's going to give a grown woman a curfew. Thank you very much. Thank you. And no, thank you. That's why I say this relationship is toxic. And he doesn't want you to work so that you can have your own independence and make your own money so that he can control you financially as well. So not only is he controlling you financially, he's controlling your career that you've built up on your own. And you have a daughter. What role model is that going to be for her where you're allowing another human being to control your every move because they're insecure. Got it. So for him, what does security look like? Quote, unconditional love, he says. And he feels like if she goes to work, that she doesn't love him because she'd rather spend her time working than spending time with him. Are you kidding? What world do you live in? Ed, you're like 56, going on 60. And you are this insecure? You haven't learned any life lessons? 
at all at all at all you need to keep going to therapy my friend um and then he sits there and tries to mansplain why he doesn't want her to work and how he doesn't want to bring that element back into the relationship what 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 element you need to look at yourself and your own insecurities and what you're doing and how you're controlling this woman who's not even 30 yet and is trying to figure out her way. Then because he's mansplaining why she shouldn't work, the therapist is like, you know what? She needs to have her own separate life in order to love you fully. So you need to hear what she's saying. She's saying that she needs her own independence. She needs to have her own life separate and apart from you so that she can come back to you and love you like you need to be loved unconditionally. Uh, Jaso says, have we seen his mom recently? Interesting that they're not interviewing her. Um, after all the party stuff. Yeah, we haven't seen his mom at all. At all, at all. She's done with him. We'll probably see him towards the end, see her towards the end of the season. Um, so, you know, I was not impressed with any of that. And <laughs> I want to move on to, I just want to, I know I always put this up, but like the audacity, the audacity of this guy telling Liz that he's giving her credit for going to the gym at 5.15. The audacity. All right. Moving on to Jovi and Yara. Okay, so we know that they're in Prague and they're exploring Prague. Hey, beautiful boy. Welcome to the live. Um, Yara's exploring Prague with her mom and Mila, and didn't want Jovi to go because she just wanted to spend some time with her mom. So she leaves Jovi at the hotel and she talks about how Prague feels like home. They're quote her people. And even though she's not from Czech Republic, she just feels comfortable in Europe in general. And they're walking through Prague and she's looking at all the beautiful sites. She's looking at all the beautiful buildings. And they buy some coffee. And she shades New Orleans like there's no business. She's like, oh, this coffee is so good. It's so good. And then she's like, I'm over the water from the swamp, she says. I was like, oh, Lord. She is not talking crazy about New Orleans right now. <laughs> Rodella says, I love Prague. I could go back. I have been there one time and I loved it as well. There's so much history there. Um, so the as they're walking and having coffee and bonding with Myla, the mom asked, you know, would you ever would you like to live here? Now her mom came with her A game. I don't know how many times in their segment that the mom says, you should move here. You should move here. Would you like to live here? I would like for you to be closer. She's like, I could take care of Myla all the time while you like hang out with your friends and you do your business and whatever you want to do. I'll just take care of Myla. And that's what I want. I want you to be close to me and I want to make it for lost time. And she just grills in you guys. Like she said it at, at least half a dozen times. And she's really pushing for, for Yara to move there. And so she's like, you know, we can even go and look at apartments. And I was like, um, you need to have this conversation with your husband, right? Like you can't make a, uni you have a child and a husband. You can't make a unilateral decision for your family without talking to your partner about it. How does that work, right? So. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I love America, but it's just different here. And I feel really comfortable here. And the mom knows that she's on the fence. So the mom is like pushing, 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 pushing her. So 
it's the next day morning. They're having breakfast in their hotel. And by breakfast, I mean, Jovi decides that he's not going to have eggs and whatever else they were having. He's going to have champagne. <laughs> so he pops open some champagne for breakfast while Yara and Mila eat eggs. And she casually says to him that she's going to go look for apartments to buy. And he's like, what are you talking about? Why is this the first time hearing about this? And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to look. And he's like, if this was your intention the whole time to come to Europe, you should have told me beforehand, before just telling me right now. And she's like, well, I want to be close to my family. I can come here more often. I'll have a place to stay. And then when her extended family from Ukraine gets to leave Ukraine, at least they'll have a place to stay. So she has some thoughts in her head. And he's like, well, you just got your green card. And as a green card holder in America, you have to be there for at least 180 days of the year. So, like, what is this going to look like? And she's like, Jovi, I don't understand what your problem is. You know, it's my money. It's not your money. So I can do what I want. And he's like, well, no, we need to talk about this. We're a family. And my money is your money and your money is my money. And we need to talk about this as a family, which I absolutely think is, is the case. How do you make a unilateral decision like that and not involve your spouse? How does that happen? I get it if y'all were just dating and you decided, hey, I'm out, but you have a baby and a spouse. And you're going to say, hey, oh, by the way, I'm just going to go and buy an apartment here. Like, what? <clears throat> I just don't, I don't know. He's like, well, if you're going to do this, then I'm coming with you because I feel like you're making sporadic, harsh decisions right now. And I'm not okay with that. So I'm going to hop in the shower. And not only does he hop in the shower, but he brings his glass of champagne and the bottle with him. Cause he's like, I am not having this whatsoever. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that that's a conversation that he should have well she should have had with him before she brought it up because I just kind of think that it was unfair of her to just throw that on him and not have a discussion like you have to communicate with your partner you can't just make decisions on your own happy Halloween Philip all right Usman and Kimberly I keep doing this <laughs> Usman can I just say Usman's mom, Fatimu, is savage. This woman is savage. She is not messing around. She is not messing around. So uh, the scene opens with Usman eating sugar cane. And he buys one for him and one for Kimberly. And, you know, they're still fighting. And she's basically like, if it doesn't work out, then we'll have to break up. And he's like, that's fine. Because again, I keep telling you guys this, he thinks he's the prize. And he thinks that, you know what? If he stays in a relationship, he says he's sacrificing the most because he thinks he's the prize over Kimberly. And I need you guys to hear this. The way he talks about his relationship with Kimberly is really terrible because what he's saying, like the words that are coming out of his mouth, are like, he thinks he's better than her and he's doing her a favor by being with her. But then he'll turn around and say, oh, but I love you. Or we love each other. Or you love me and I love you. But always the way he says it, he says it in a way that makes him seem better than. So he thinks he's the prize. So they're texting back and forth. <clears throat> excuse me and Kimberly wants to talk um and she's pissed right she's like you know what you're not doing me a favor by being with me she's like I'm a beautiful woman too and I don't want to be the second wife like I'm telling you my boundaries and my boundaries are I am not about to be the second wife which again I don't really get her issue because if you're married if you marry two people like who cares who's first or second this 
the other wife is the one that's going to be giving him babies. So there's going to be that connection there. So I just don't understand. Like, I think she thinks like getting married first is going to make her better than anyone else he marries, which is not going to be the case. So they're talking and they're trying to work out their issues. And he has a plan. He's going to call his brother Muhammad, exclude Farouk, because Farouk was the one that was going hard, and have just Muhammad and his mom meet so that they can convince them for the blessing. So Kim is like, oh, you know, I hope it works. I hope it works, whatever. If not, then she's going to be leaving Nigeria as a single woman. And I'm just like, um, this whole... Like, are you guys even in a real relationship? Oh, that's a good point. Sly Cat said, baby goat Lisa was the first wife, so she won't be first anyways. That part. Um, so <laughs> they're walking hand in hand to meet his mom and his brother. Now, he, they think that they're meeting Muhammad, right? And Y'all, this was like the oh moment for me. I died of laughter. So they're walking hand in hand to see to meet the mom and the brother. And she's going to cover up her body. But this time, she's not going to cover her hair. And she wants Usman to pray, which he does. He does a, They hold their hands. He prays that they get the blessing from the mom. And all will be well. And they can go and often get married and live their happily ever after. Right? That is not what happened. Farouk shows up <laughs> instead of Muhammad. And when I say their faces, oh my God, their faces were hilarious. They're like, what is he doing here? Oh no, we have no chance now. So Kimberly is like, pleading her case, right? So she wants to leave a good impression with Usman's mom and she wants Usman to translate about the last time that they met that she didn't like what happened um, and how they left on bad terms. Now, I don't know about y'all and this is what I can't stand. The, something about 90 Day Fiance and translating, they will translate whatever. Like there's the translator little gadget that they have that never translates properly and then they're like the only good translator we had was adam but usman is like out there freestyling and translating she only said that she wants to leave a good impression and usman translates that into her saying that the last time they met she didn't like what happened especially how people think she's a replica of his ex when did she say any of that did you all peep that? I was like, this fool is saying whatever he wants. And that is not what she said. <sighs> Rachel says, Forrest and I love you. I remember you said how much you loved your crime facts. Can you give us your thoughts on the Quentin Simon case in the end when you're done with 90 Day Talk? I might be able to do that, Rachel. So, um, Isma's freestyling is translating. And then here's the thing, you guys. I'm going to say this. It's going to be an unpopular opinion. Okay? Unpopular opinion, but that's just how I feel. So, he goes on to say something else to the mom and the mom's like, well, I'm not comparing them. Like they're different people. So I don't know what you're even talking about. And then I, I don't know how best to say it. So I'm just going to say it. There are some, some people who they're like, they want to get in with you. So they want to say, Hey, I'm like, you know, I'm just like you. So for example, like there are some people who I'm just going to say, it. she shows the picture of Jamal, who's clearly black to 
the brother and the mom in order to be like, hey, listen, I'm down, right? Instead of like, oh, you just think I'm this like, just like baby girl Lisa. I'm not, I'm like, I'm I'm down, right? And I hate that. Like I, I can't, exp- I can't explain it, but I, I don't want to be super crass, but I'm just saying like, for the status of it all, I don't know if that was the best look in my opinion. And then she tells him that she served in the army for nine years. And that really spoke to Farouk, who has also been in the military. Um, Yeah, that part, Laura, you said it much better than I. That made me feel so weird. She says like, look, I have a black son. Yeah, that, Laura. Thank you for for saying that because I would have said it totally different. So <clears throat> she gets in with the brother because they they're military, right? And military people are often family. And so Farouk was like, "Well, you know, after today, I like her a little bit better, but I'm still not sure that she's the best choice for Usman, right?" And the mom was not impressed with any of it, like. You can show me your black son. You can tell me that you're in the military. All is great. But guess what? I have a young lady waiting back home to come and see Usman. And I'm not given the blessing because I want grandkids. So if you meet this girl and you guys hit it off, then go ahead and, and get with her. The mom says, if Kim is insisting on being the first to marry, it's because of jealousy, which I think that there's some truth to that. Like there's some wisdom to that, right? Cause Kimberly knows that she's not going to be able to have kids, but then she has a kid. So if it's so important for Lisbon to have a kid, then she should be more open to him marrying this young woman and having babies. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a little bit like, Hey, you're being a bit selfish. You're the one that said that you were open to having multiple wives. And now that he wants a multiple wives and have kids, like you have kids, you're having an issue with it. And you're like, I have to be first. So the mom's like, peace. She's like, I think we're done here. I've already told you, no, I have a woman waiting on the sidelines here for you. If you're going to do that, then let me know. If you're not, then no, this is not going to happen. And Kimberly freaks out about that. She doesn't want Lisbon to see this lady while she's there. And I'm like, does it matter? Because if you guys are going to be a blended family, at some point you're going to have to see and interact with the other wife. Like, it's not going to just be you and you alone, you know? But nope, nope. All right, moving on. Libby and Andre, you guys, I think Libby is figuring it out, if that makes sense. All the stuff that all of us talk about in the live chat, what we talk about on my show, um, how, you know, he's, Andre is controlling. She's letting it slip out. Have you guys noticed that? She's let a lot slip out today. So she found out she's, or yesterday, she found out that she was pregnant. So they're having another baby. And as you guys know, they've already had the baby. Congratulations to them. Baby boy, baby number two. Congratulations. Um, But during this, while they were filming this, she was thinking about the timing, whether it's good timing because they don't know about their status and immigration and all of that. But uh, Andre is like, well, this baby's going to be the light in the darkness. So they're off to the ultrasound. And they both would like to have a baby boy. Now listen to what she says. With the personality not like Andre, but like ha- her dad. How his dad is like more chill and more re- relaxed. Then says, not insane controlling and crazy insane controlling and crazy she just let that slip out she just let that slip out and if you guys recall when we talked about it um on previous episodes like just looking at her 
like sadness, like you said, Joslo, you can see it in her eyes. It's like a controlling, almost fearful situation. Like she feels like she can't just say and do whatever. It's like she tiptoes around this man, but she let that slip out. She let it slip out that she doesn't want her son to have an insane, controlling, crazy personality. So they go to the ultrasound and she finds out that she's 12 weeks along and they brought baby Ellie with them to kind of, you know, show her the belly, the baby in her belly. And Libby's like, you know, when can we start or when do people usually start telling people that they're pregnant? And uh, the ultrasound tech said, usually at the end of the first trimester, right? You tell people. And then Andre jumps in and says, we're not telling anyone, we're only telling the dads um, and not the rest of her family because he blames them for his immigration issues. And I was like, oh, so we're still there? You're still not going to take accountability for your own actions and your own history? We're still just gonna randomly blame her family for whatever reason. And you're not going to allow her to share her good news with her family. If that's not isolating, I don't know what is. And then she says, so not only did she say he's insane, controlling, and crazy, she says Andre can be irrational at times. Irrational. And she doesn't understand why he's um, blaming her family for his immigration issues. And I was like, oh, she's really spilling it this episode. She's really spilling some of the things that we've all been thinking. And... Yes, Cynthia, Andre is finding any excuse to isolate Libby. And that's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. Last, with the disclaimer, um, as you guys know, I'm not an Angela fan. I think she's terrible and abusive. And we saw her put hands on Michael again this episode. Um, but she wants him to take down his Instagram and says, you can either take it down because you love me or you can leave it up because you love yourself. But meanwhile, she's all over social media, which just doesn't make any sense to me. Her whole rationale makes no sense to me. So <clears throat> I'm also super, super, super disappointed in Michael. I finally thought that this fool was standing up for himself. And guess what? Nope. So she leaves him at the bar. He follows her back to the hotel. He just so happened to also pack his bag so he can stay the night. And when her friend Renee calls, it's a surprise to all of us that, oh, they're in bed together. They're back together. And they had a wild night of hanky-panky, allegedly. And... Angela talks about how um, they had makeup sex, that he's taking his Instagram down. Um, and he says, despite all the yelling and abusive behavior, he didn't say that part. I put the abusive behavior in. He said, despite the yelling, he loves his wife so much and he's missed her. He loves her new body. And she goes, you know, Michael never gave me any encouragement the last few years from my body. And now he's seeing my body. And I was like, first of all, who did you who did you have that surgery for? Did you have it for yourself to make yourself feel better about yourself? Or did you have it to get attention from other people and especially your husband? Because why does he have to encourage you about your body? You should love your body for, for yourself. And if you have self-love, then other people will love you as well. But because you have this nasty, crass personality, it doesn't shine through. It doesn't shine through. This woman is so crass, you guys. I just can't take it. So they go for a drive and they want to talk about Instagram again still, which is just absurd to me. It's really absurd. This whole stupid fight about him being a scammer because he won't take her his Instagram down. Meanwhile, she's all over social media. Like, make that make sense. He says that he feels bad for lying to Angela, but he's not intending to take his Instagram down. 
he said that he only told her that so that she would be calm and that they could have a, a regular proper conversation he should know his wife by now that she never has proper conversation she'd rather yell and control him and verbally abuse him because she thinks she's better than she thinks she's from america and he's only from nigeria third world country so she thinks that she can control him and her friend renee even said the same thing like Angela wants to be able to control him. And because she can't, that's why she's freaking out. So <clears throat> he sits down and he tries to have a conversation with her and says, you know, I want us to have a double income. And she says, I told you no. Are you his mom? Or is he a grown ass man? I told you no. I told you no. That is not your grandbaby. That's supposed to be your husband. So she freaks out. Um, and he's like, you know, you make this all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you all the time and what you want. And she's like, Angel, Michael, I, I'm losing my voice. It's because of all this fighting it makes me lose my voice. And I was like, um, I'm looking at you right now. And I don't think it's all the fighting, Angela. Although you yell and abuse him verbally too much. But you also are like chugging on a cigarette and your soda. Could that have something to do with your vocal cords? Could it? Because you're gonna blame you're gonna blame Michael for all your problems. Michael doesn't, Michael doesn't say I'm beautiful, so it stresses me out. Michael fights with me, so I, I get sick and I'm losing my voice. Like, when do you take accountability for your own actions? When do you say you're the problem? Because she really is the problem, you guys. I've never seen on TV this much verbal abuse ever for one person. So <clears throat> Michael's like, well, you know, you won't delete yours, so why should I delete mine? And she freaks out and she's like, I'm going back. I'm done. I'm done. So she's going back to the hotel. And I just have to tell you guys, like, I, I'm going to need her to go to whatever stylist is out there. I'm all about hair extensions. Love them. Wear them. I'm all about it. Do you? But what she's got going on here where she just puts her hair in a ponytail and then she puts like the fake hair around it and she doesn't like combine them is weird to me. Like what, why do you have, why, what is this? Why am I seeing this? So you're frizzed out hair and then you just wrap it around and you don't make even wrap it around for it to blend. <sighs> Just... so she gets back to the hotel and I was going to say this part but I guess I won't but I just think she's terrible so she deserves it but I don't know if you guys caught it when she got was walking out of the the ride share that she was in her dress was all up her butt I was like, you deserve that to be on national, international TV because of your shit attitude. So she's fake crying to camera because she does this fake crying that not a, a tear is shed and says Michael lied to her just to have sex with her. I was like, that's your husband. She He lied about Instagram and you're going to make a big deal about him not taking down his Instagram. So he said that he's going to take it down so he could have sex with you, but he really wasn't going to take it down. And now you're mad. Got it. So <clears throat> Michael follows her back to the hotel again. And she's like, it's not going to work out. You're a liar. She's screaming at him. She hits him. She tells him he's smothering her and is like all eh, just awful, just an awful individual. And she's like, I'm done. Pack your bags. I'm done, Michael. I'm done. 
So she goes downstairs and Renee's in the lobby and she's like, I don't want to talk right now. Talk to Michael. I don't want to talk. Stormed by Renee. And Michael comes down with his suitcase and is explaining the whole Instagram thing. Renee's like, you know, I think Instagram is okay, but it's what you do on Instagram. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. I don't, I don't check my DMs or whatever. I just want to make extra money on, on Instagram. And Renee's like, you know, you both have issues. Angela has issues and you have issues. And the biggest issue is that you don't communicate. Well, how can he? He tries to communicate with her all the time. And she she can't sit down and have a conversation because she wants to dominate him. She wants to verbally assault him. She wants to make him feel less than so that she can control him. So there's no communicating with Angela because as soon as he tries to say one thing, she talks over him and freaks out over him and it's disgusting. And her friend Renee says the same thing. Like she's freaking because she can't control him. And he's like, well, you know what? In all my life with Angela, I've never put my foot down, but I'm not backing down this time. And I'm like, well, you've backed down this whole episode. Yeah, you didn't take your Instagram down, but you're letting her talk to you all types of crazy ways. And I fear for him, you guys. Like, I cannot imagine him being alone in America with this woman because look what she does on TV. Can you imagine? She beat the crap out of him and then will call someone, call the authorities and say that it was him doing something to her. Like, I wouldn't put that past her. I wouldn't put that past her. I think that she will literally hurt that man. And they're in the South of America, the South of Georgia. Blonde hair, blue eyes and the black man. I feel for him. I think he should stay right where he is and call it a day because what's happening here is scary to me. Scary, scary. <sighs> uh, I'm going to jump into the live chat in a moment. Uh, I was hoping for one of our faves to be in the live chat, but I don't see her, but I'm still going to serenade her <clears throat> to the OG one of my very first Patreon subscribers who's been with me from day one. Happy birthday, Amanda. And here we go. You guys, I'm just like Usman with the auto-tune. Happy birthday to you, Papa. Happy birthday to you, Papa. Happy birthday, dear Amanda. Happy birthday to you, Papa. Happy Halloween to you, Papa. Happy Halloween to you, Papa. Happy Halloween and birthday and all the love. Happy birthday to you. Thanks for using. <laughs> Diana says, happy birthday, Amanda. You got Soldier Girl to sing to you. Amazing. <laughs> that was clever, Diana. Uh, everyone's saying happy birthday to Amanda. Yes, we love her. Happy birthday to Amanda. Um, Sly Cat says, as far as Michael coming to America, I would be afraid for his life. No joke. If he gets to Georgia with her facts, that part. Um, Lisa says, I think Angela also wants Michael to take down his Insta so he's less likely to see her shenanigans. Y'all, that preview of next week when she calls her TikTok bay in front of her husband. Oh, hell no. Nah. Oh, no, no, no. That woman has the audacity. Hi, Dasha. That woman has the audacity. Okay, the audacity. Uh, anyways, you guys, don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, have a safe rest of your Halloween Eve. Not Eve. What am I trying to say? Halloween night. 
some of you i think halloween is over for because you're in a different time zone but loved having you guys here thank you so much for being here and i'll see you guys very very soon happy birthday amanda bye for now <laughs>